What is going on, Sabres fans? Welcome to another episode of Sabres Spotlight, where we shine a light on all things Sabres hockey. Ryan, what's going on? Dude, it has been a great week for me. Um, just been hanging out. Um, had a bunch of, like, couple days off work, so that was nice to just chill at home. But now it's like, you know, this week it's back to reality a little bit for me. And uh, just kind of enjoying that that Buffalo weather. I'm, like, it's weird how... In February, it's kind of feeling like early spring. Oh, yeah, today was real nice. I'm kind of enjoying, like, doing my job outside, as weird as that is. Like, like nobody likes their job, but I've currently been enjoying it. Dude, I like, I, like, there's times where I'm, like, so jealous of you that you work outside all day, like, when the weather's so nice, and other times where I'm, like, wow, I'm so glad I'm not riding today. <laughs> like, if it's, like, snowing or, like, cold as hell or, like, if it's pouring, yeah, I, I get it, but that's why I cherish the nice days, especially when it's February 22nd and, you know, you, you could get away with having shorts on, you know? Yeah, it's been it's been I can't complain. I got my I got my new snowblower this year and I've used it literally three times. And that was all in the span of one weekend when we had that yeah. storm. And that was it. Yep. Like I, I haven't had a need to use it otherwise. But um, yeah, so I I only really want to talk about one thing real quick before we transition to uh, league stuff. So we, we went to uh, do our taxes today. Did you guys do your oh. taxes yet? Uh, no, we haven't, but it's funny cause my cousin is a CPA and she does my taxes and I saw her like last week and just forgot to give her the paperwork. So I will eventually, I will eventually, usually so we're on charge it. you for usually. it. Yeah. 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 I would, I wouldn't like have her, you know, do work and not pay for it, you know? Oh shit. I lost you for a while there. Hang on. What'd you say? Uh, I said that, yeah, of course I would, I pay her, you know, we pay her a little bit just to, I wouldn't have her do work for free. You know, that would be, that would be ridiculous. Yeah. So you might not be the best like person to actually like conversate about this with, but like, dude, I feel like, I mean, obviously everything goes up every year and I, and I thought we were going to get boned even more than we did this year. It ended up being like 200 bucks, which I was like, holy shit, dude, I know. And that's your reaction. And I talked to a lot of people yeah. that like. They're paying more. Like I, I talked to my sister earlier. Really? I talked to a couple of buddies and like they've they've paid even more than that. And I, so I I thought we were gonna get banged for like two fifty, like three hundred. And so like I actually thought two hundred was like not too bad. But I'm I'm thinking, man, like last last week I was talking about how oh, I need shit. to get in the flower industry and now I'm thinking I'm gonna have to become an accountant and just learn how to do taxes. <laughs> I don't know. But... Well, I'm not I'm not even gonna tell you what my cousin charges me because it's it's feeling like a real bargain right now. I didn't know that that cost that much money. I mean, I, why would I if I have a family member that, like, does that work? So, but why don't you just learn, like, TurboTax and do it yourself? Well, okay, so that's what I was talking. I was talking to my sister before and or earlier today, and I'm thinking, like, next year I'm actually going to make, like, so, like, Valentine's Day is typically tax day, right? I think it's always, like, February 14th. But I was thinking, like, next year I'm actually just going to, like, take off a day and make that my tax day and i'm just gonna do it myself and i'm gonna like save myself like 200 bucks but um but yeah i I don't know dude i always get nervous on tax day because i have this like irrational fear that we're gonna go there and i like i withhold taxes all the time so is kitty but i have this rational fear that i'm gonna go there and they're gonna say like i owe like 10 grand or something (laughs) do you guys like owe all the time or well not anymore with the kids but like before the kids were around did you guys like owe on your taxes or did you always get money back no we've never we've never had to um 
we've never had to pay in taxes because because we withhold like the, the obvious deductions and stuff and we do a little extra state so, so that's always the one where i that's always a little but like and i don't do much extra but i, I think i do like an extra whatever like five bucks a check yeah and then like I 10 bucks like, exactly yeah yeah, usually, and then you get a little bit back. But no, we've never had to pay. Obviously, now with the kids, you get uh, a little bit uh, more back. But uh, it's not like it's nothing like crazy, crazy. But um, but yeah, I just always get like super nervous on on tax day. But I'm glad it's done. Day, you think one day you're gonna go there and you're gonna be like, yeah, you owe the government seven thousand dollars. <laughs> well, like I pay attention to things, and I'm like, I know we're doing what we should. So, like, but there's just always this fear that like that's gonna happen. I don't know. It's just like it's well, like the real goal. The real goal is to is to get nothing back. Like the real goal is to have zero. You know, like that's like that's what people tell me all the time. Where it's like you really should have just zero on on the line, and not just like getting back like hundreds or whatever. So it's kind yeah, of crazy how do you even how, make how that happen? I don't really like, care. I mean, I get money. I have no idea. No idea. Cause that, cause that would mean that you like, you obviously you just like made more money during the year. And you, so you're not like in a tax bracket where you get money back. I don't know. I'm not even going to try and explain it, but, but yeah, that's yeah, always I, like, I, dude, a very nerve wracking day. <laughs> of mine. Yeah, that, that and like buying or like leasing a new car day, like those two days for me are like, I, I hate those days. Like I, even though I like, I don't mind like, being an asshole or like negotiating with somebody like oh i hate that cars, like, I, <laughs> I still get nervous dude i fucking hate car dealerships i hate them with a passion i the thing that bothers me the most this pisses me right off and i think this is the most disgusting evil thing that car dealerships do is you'll sit there and you'll agree you'll agree on a price right and then they'll pull you into this little fucking room and they'll try to sell you all this coverage and shit and then they're like, oh, and by the way, if you get this coverage, it's an extra $92 on your bill. And if you don't get this coverage, you're poor. Why are you even here, basically? That, that's that's how I feel dealerships like act. And it really just rubs me the wrong way. So It's the worst, man. It is the worst. A, fuck a car dealership. I love when they're like, oh, this is how much it is. But if you put, put like five grand down, you can get it to this number. I'm like, that give me a five grand. Like, get the hell out of here. <laughs> five grand down, but it's like an, it's like $26 less a month. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, you're not saving me anything. You're basically having me burn a $5,000 check. But uh, all right. Dude, so well, let's... One, thing I, one thing I want to talk about real quick. And I, yeah, this, yeah, is yeah. For all my, like, this is for all the gamers out there that listen to, you know, or that like, you know, play video games and shit. I know you don't, so you're not going to. Maybe you have seen this like all over social media because it's kind of like taking the like the little the world by storm a little bit but there's a new game that i uh have been playing for the last like week or so a couple days called Helldivers 2 and it's like a crossover between like starship troopers and um oh my god what's the fucking movie with arnold schwarzenegger killing oh terminator so pretty much you just you drop in right you drop in you fucking either you kill some bugs or you kill some robots and you get like it, it you get like points to like upgrade your your guns and like upgrade your orbital strikes and shit. And dude, it is the most fun I've had in a game in like years. It the whole point is just just have fun. And in an industry that you know price gouges people, like games are seventy dollars now standard. Oh like, yeah, it's crazy. And and this game was forty bucks, and I'm already I'm I already know like if they come out with like a like a ten dollar battle pass or something like in the fe- like in the future. I'll I'll probably just buy it just because I want to support this dev team and how good and how great they are. Yeah. But yeah, that's for all my gamers out there. Just want to like you know, 
be a space ranger and, and you know protect democracy you should probably go do that it's fun it's real fun that sounds fun that sounds fun the um well you know the only game i really play right now is clash clans but are you still playing that um that harry potter game because that was supposed to be sick. I I beat that game like a while ago. It was, dude. It's really good. It's really good. Yeah, but isn't it like you, open world? So like, isn't there no yeah. beating it? Like, can't you just always be doing shit? There's a story though. There's a story. It's not like it's yeah, a. So you beat like the yeah. campaign. Yeah, there's a story, dude. It's sick. You can like, you can cast a var about the killing curse. I'm not gonna know. It. I don't want to say it. You can like just <laughs> cast the killing curse like whenever. It's insane. <laughs> Dude, one last thing for it, and then we'll get into around the lead. This will be real quick. The my favorite game growing up. I don't know if you ever played this. Uh, I think it was called Dead Rising. It was like where you're trapped oh, in a amazing mall, game. like yeah. beating zombies. Amazing game. Oh, yeah. Dude, that game is awesome. I that, love they, that. That game. had like that had like three or four like more sequels after that. I mean, they were all really good. They were all really like great games. But like that concept of games was probably like the first of its kind, where you're just trapped in like thousands and thousands of zombies, and you just kind of like yeah. It was had sick. to do missions and beat out the clock and shit over like three days. That was a good dude. That's a legendary game. That it was, was fun. That was a great game. That was a great game. All right. Well, speaking of legends, I we we got one in the making here with uh, and I, I hate to give you know this is a saber show and I hate to give uh, any Toronto players uh, credit, but you got to give credit where credits due. And we got Austin Matthews just totally showing out right now. So he's on a seventy six goal pace. Uh, he got to, I think he's at 51 goals now, but he's got like six hat tricks this year. He's the fastest player to 50 goals in 28 seasons. Uh, and again, on pace for 76 goals, the last players, just for context, the last players to score 70 goals in a season, Timu Solani and Alexander Mogilny with the Buffalo Sabres in 1992, 90, uh, 1993. And, uh, and Mogilny had 76 that year, but, uh, what do you think about what uh, Matthews has been doing so far this year? If Austin Matthews decided to retire after this season, I would put him as one of the three best goal scorers in, in all of hockey history. What he has been doing this season is nothing short of remarkable. He is, I, I, I think I saw that he has, obviously he's got the 50, I think he's at 51 now, actually. If he he has 92% of the primary points that are scored by the Toronto Maple Leafs this season, like that, it's insane, man. He what it's like he's doing, Josh Allen. Basically, I mean, him and Nylander, If him and Nylander aren't doing shit on the team, they're gonna, they lose the game. Like that's how important they are. But Matthews, man, even ever since he entered the league, he has been an unbelievable goal scorer. Nobody really shoots the puck like him, and nobody shoots it from everywhere like him. Like he. He finds the soft spot in the in the zone, and he will score from from anywhere. Put, putting up seventy goals this year, if he does get to seventy, it doesn't slow down here over the last like thirty games. It is a feat that is just remarkable, and he is. I know that Ovechkin. I'm hoping that he can shatter the goal record, Gretzky's goal record, over the next couple seasons. Well, you're looking at the guy that's going to shatter Ovechkin's goal record when he retires. Like this guy is unbelievable man it, it's been really fun to watch and it's up jealousy the leaf yeah i definitely hate playing him like there's like whenever we play the leafs even though we pr we do pretty pretty damn well against the leaves most of the time uh every time he has the puck he's just he's just like such a, a threat to score and i feel like every morning i wake up and like one literally one of the first things i do is like 
check my ESPN fantasy hockey league and then like go to ESPN and like see what happened, like see what sh- shook out in the games. And I usually click on each matchup, like read the highlights, whatever. And every time I click on Toronto, like it's always like, oh, Matthew scores new goal. Like the dude is just scoring goals every single night. And he's just like, yeah, he's balling out. So we got to give him some, some credit there. And uh, the injury bug has always been his thing. So hopefully he can uh, stay healthy. And Toronto's also on a bit of a roll right now. I think they've won like five in a row and they're they're solidified themselves at uh, third in the division there. So um, they're, you know, they're, they're getting contributions and they're and they're winning, uh, which is good. But we'll move on to dude. Dude, yeah, go ahead. I got it. I got it, dude. So I'm just I'm just looking right now, and I I kind of like knew this, but I wanted to make sure. So <laughs> we're talking about Matthews possibly scoring 70, and then you go look and see what, like what Wayne Gretzky did in his career, and it's just like the, his numbers like don't even make sense, man. Gretzky scored 92 goals in 80 games. And then 87 goals in 74 games in the 80s. Like, dude, come on. That is yeah, crazy. Insane. Insane. 92 goals in a season is absolutely bonkers. No one, that's a record that will never be touched. Actually, I don't even think there's going to be another 70 goal scorer for a while. Like, this is like unprecedented. I think the highest, the most goals, uh, I'm pretty sure it was either Ovechkin or Stamkos. I think both of them actually hit 65 at one point, but that's not even touching 70. That's, you know, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I think they played whatever they played, like, like uh, close to 60 games, probably like 55 games or something. He's got 51, uh, 51 goals already. So uh, yeah, he's on, he's on just a tour pace, Uh, but getting over to the firing of the week, seems like there's one every single week. Now we got the blue jackets firing their GM who has the sweetest name ever. I've been excited all day to say it. Yarmo Kekalainen. Just a totally baller name. And uh, so he was with Columbus for 11 seasons, made the playoffs in five. Um, I have some notes here, but I know you wanted to say something. So I'll let you kind of, you know, highlight some things from Yarmo and what you think about the the firing here. Uh, somewhat, maybe somewhat, um, so, somewhat uh, what people could see coming with the, the Babcock, you know, thing earlier this season. But uh, what do you think? Well, I'll let you pop off and read off this, the little the things we have written here. But I just wanted to say that I have no idea how Yarmo has lasted this long. Like, he should have been fired years ago. Like, just, I know Columbus has, like, rep, their reputation and their ownership is that, like, the ownership family is great and they're willing to spend money. But, oh, my God, man, this guy should have been gone years ago. Like, they haven't done shit. And I let, and I just wanted to get that off my chest because I it's about it's about damn time and Columbus deserves better than what they've got. Well, they've got yeah. So they're currently on pace for their fourth straight losing season. Um, there was the whole Mike Babcock thing earlier this year, which was supposed to be a you know kind of a big signing for him as far as the head coach goes. Um, again, they had the five playoff appearances in eleven seasons, which isn't like a, a, a terrible number. I mean, hell, Buffalo would take that, right? But uh, but only one first round win. Uh, so four early exits in those and just kind of some fails throughout his time there. Uh, I just, I just put some of the main ones in here, you know, losing, but, but not being able to resign Panarin or Bobrovsky. Like those were, those were both big free agents that they, that they lost in unrestricted free agency. And then currently signing Johnny Goudreau, who again, when he signed him had a hell of a hell of a year, but uh, then had a drop off uh, last season and not, not doing well this, this season either. So uh, just, 
maybe you know kind of like time was time was run out and the uh the owner came out and said how it was a hard decision you know they were friends and and whatnot uh, i'm sure those decisions are are never easy but um had to be made and i just put a quote in here too as well that about from uh their their uh, captain uh boone jenner um says that just kind of talking about what he thought and, and things. And he said, Yarmo drafted, uh, traded or signed for a lot of the players in the room uh, and said that they all take responsibility for the, the firing and, and where they are as a team. So um, just an, an interesting quote from, you know, what kind of what you would would expect. But the Bills went through that a little bit this year with Dorsey and, and how they all said it's kind of, you know, they, they feel like they they kind of wear that a little bit and, and could have played better for him. So I know I relate this yeah. a little bit to the Sabres just uh, in, in – where they're currently at. I know nothing changing is, is probably coming, but uh, you see stuff like this and you're like, uh, like, are we close? Who knows? Well, that dude, that, so that Goudreau deal is still so weird to me. Like the year before he has an unbelievable, he's a guy, well, he had an unbelievable season with, uh, with Calgary. It was like him and Kachuk and, and Elias Lindholm were just pop. They popped off. I mean, they were unbelievable. And Kudrow gets he had like 125 points or something that year. Yeah, they were. I mean, they, those three were unbelievable. Kachuk goes to Florida, and Gaudreau goes to Columbus. And last year, people were like, "Johnny Gaudreau is signing in Columbus." Like, it makes no sense. Well, in hockey, like you know, circles, people talk and stuff. And I, I, I think that it's on good authority that he signed in Columbus because his wife works in the medical, the medical community. And obviously Columbus, Ohio is home to like one of the best medical facilities in the world. So I kind of think he took that money so his wife could have a, a good career. But, and then obviously, I mean, a shitload of money like that, like 9.75 a year or whatever it is. Jesus, man, you'd be, you'd be stupid to say no. And if you're a guy, I'm not saying this is Johnny Gaudreau, but if you're a guy that kind of doesn't really care that much about winning a Stanley cup, why would you say no? You're going to get paid your almost ten million to play hockey, and your wife's happy. So, shit, good for him. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like, there's so like obviously winning in, in any sport is like important, but like it's also like who's just going to pay me, you know? And like I, I have a feeling there's like yeah way higher percentage of players that are just like I just want to make a shit ton of money. Like, and if I win, I win, you know. But like, uh, money comes first with with everything. So uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'd be willing to bet that it's at least 60% of players that just want to get the bag and nothing, and they don't need, like, winning is secondary. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, well, I think we're ready to transition into uh, Sabres news here. We'll start off with the announcement that the Sabres will kick off the 2024-25 season in Prague. This is part of the NHL Global Series, and they'll play basically a back-to-back with the New Jersey Devils, so one home game, one away game as, you know, counting on the schedule. Uh, so that's, that's some pretty exciting news. And then they also have two preseason games prior to that in Munich. So Sabres uh, heading overseas to start uh, next season. Any, uh, any thoughts on, on the, uh, the global series so, here and Sabres? The last overseas? time we made the playoffs, the year, the year after, which was the year of the start of the drought, we kicked off the season overseas. Next year, we're kicking off the season overseas, so we're going to reverse that curse. Um, you know, my first thing is to say is we're going to make the playoffs next year because we're reversing that curse. We're going back overseas. Secondly, I think it's really, really cool 
for JJ Paterka and hopefully Yuri Kulik to play in their home countries. That's going to be great. Yeah, I never thought of that, but uh, that is uh, that's definitely pretty cool. I mean, the like so the the thing with like hockey is like they have to. I think they have to market their game better. And I think it was such a successful weekend, like in Toronto with the all-star game, it got such good reports there. Like the stadium series was like two really good games and like, it had really good like numbers and stuff and, and just like a big event, like, and now this, and, and I just, I don't know. I just, I think, and I know the global series is nothing new, but I, but it's just, it's good for the game. Like, and, and it's, and it's good for just, eyeballs on the game and uh and hopefully the savers can uh can start off the season next year hot and um give everyone overseas a good, a good show i mean we'll see uh we'll certainly see what happens but that was that was pretty cool news Dude, to, to start don't fact check me actually i'm gonna look i'm gonna look real quick while we while we uh you know you pick up the next thing here it's probably but better I, if it's inaccurate just throw some i am pretty sure like i'm like 95 percent sure that overseas, the first goal of the season was scored by Billy Leno. Like, like which season? Like, uh... like the season that we we started the playoff drought. Like the when we played overseas, I'm pretty sure Leno opened our scoring for the year. I'm gonna look. We went overseas in 2011, I think. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a look. Yeah, didn't Leno like hate it here? <laughs> oh, he was horrible. I mean, yeah, he made shirts that were like, I hate Buffalo. Oh my god! <laughs> well, while you're looking into that and, uh, and getting the facts straight, I'll I'll go into the the perhaps the biggest piece of news this week, and uh, and I got some thoughts on this too. Is uh, the big Mike Harrington piece that came out uh, just totally blew up on social media? Really trended um, across the whole league uh, when when the when the article was was written. But uh, for those of who who haven't read it uh, Mike Harrington obviously is a reporter for the Buffalo News or journalist for the Buffalo News and basically came out and said that there was a a visible uh, reduction in the Sabres salutes to the fans after wins uh, at home uh, you know the the players were not skating to the center holding up their sticks and uh, basically said that uh, this was an interview with a, a veteran Sabre on the team who says that the team made the decision to stop saluting the fans following the discourse over the nine to four loss to Columbus. When uh, I was actually at that game, when everyone was, was screaming fire Donnie. Uh, and the, the team says this is in support of Don uh, and went further to say that whoever this player was again, it's unknown that uh, a lot of the guys haven't been here that long and it's, and it's not on them. Like the drought years aren't on them and, and that, uh, they're getting the boos are are too relentless and, and too much. So, uh, what do you what do you think about this? I I have some thoughts, but I, I'm interested to see what what you think. Okay, first of all, I found it. Uh, in right. 2011, we opened up the season against the Ducks in Helsinki, Finland. The first goal of our season was scored by Thomas Vanek. The second goal of the season was scored by Billy Leno. Just for just a little piece there. That's that's just so a little funny. Nugget. Little, little nugget. But all right, back to the Harrington piece. Dude, Um, I don't know. For me, it's complicated because I kind of understand both sides. Like, as an, as an athlete, I get why they'd be so pissed 
about the fans booing, especially the thing that bothers me the most is when the fans are booing when it's like one nothing after the first period. Like, you're not really giving these guys any grace, like, at all. And I get it. And I get that they bear the the 13-year playoff drought, like, on their backs. And that's got to be tough for them. And I get that, like, Don Granato should have been fired, like, months ago. But I also understand the fans' perspective where it's like, hey, fuck these players because if they're going to go and, you know, not salute us, which I also have a problem with the piece because I don't even know how relevant it is because they just beat the Kings 7 nothing the other day and saluted the fans. So part of me thinks this was Harrington just, like, you know, pricking on a weak moment on, like, a veteran and, and they're saying the wrong thing at the wrong time, and he just ran with it. So yeah, I see I it from all sides. It's just – it's, it's kind of just super toxic right now. And I I just – it just really goes to show that this season just kind of needs to end just because everyone really needs a reset here. Yeah. I mean, I just posted on, on Twitter that it's like this, this vicious cycle of this Saber season was that like at the top, like Adams filled Granado and then Granado filled the players and then the players filled the fans. Like that's, that's basically like what this season has been. It's it's so here's my thoughts. Cause I'm, I'm kind of like, I, I'm really not with the players on this. I, I think this is total bullshit, honestly. But I'm thinking there was all this talk last year about how, oh, we got this big culture. Like, we're going to be the team. You know, we're excited to be here. We're going to be the team that, that breaks the drought. We're excited to do that. So how can you how can you say that but then get pissed at the fans for booing you when you're not living up to those expectations. Like you put those expectations on yourself. And I mean, you, you are the team you you're paid to, to play the game. And, and when you come out here and say, yeah, we're, you know, we're ready for the expectations We're we're ready to take that step, but then we're not what we're not ready for. What could, what could come from that? I don't know. I have a problem with that. And it's, it's tough because I think, going back to your point about like the, the booing after like the first period or whatnot. I don't know, man. I still feel like there's been times where they've gone to periods down, but they played good and they didn't get booed. I, I think a lot of the times those boos come when there's a, sh- like just a shit period. And like, I totally understand that. Like if you had a, a bad period, like, and it was visible, like we've had our fair share of those this year. Oh yeah. That's, that's when they're getting booed, honestly. And, but at the end of the day, I really don't care. Like if, if that's something that's coming out of the locker room to me, like that's a child thing to say, like, Oh, I'm mad that you're booing me. So I'm not going to like salute you. Like that's something my daughter would say, to be honest, man. Like I'm not, I don't know if if that's the mentality these players have, they're not going to make it anywhere. Like, I don't know. I, I have a real problem with this to me. It makes, it makes me question the leadership. It makes me question the guys in the middle that have been here. I mean, ha- I mean, shit, half the, a third of the roster has been here for six years or more. Like, I know there, there's a lot of guys that have been here for a, a decent part of this drought, so they're not new to the franchise. So to me, it's it's lack of accountability. It's it's whining behavior for failing to live up to expectations, and it. it I don't know. I, I, I have a big, big problem with it. And uh, I don't know. It is what it is. But people are paying to come see I, you I will and you're say, not performing. I will say, if I was Kevin Adams, which I'm not, because if I was, 
I would have built this team properly. That team would but be in I the was, first seed. <laughs> <laughs> if I was. Oh my god. If I was, I would have went down to the locker room and found out who the fuck said that. And the and if it's not like a Darlene or a Cousins or a Tuck or a Tage, and if it's like a Poso or Gergensons or Eric Johnson or something, you're gone tomorrow. You're yeah. gone tomorrow. This is not the example. As much as like I'm, as much as I'm brushing it off, and I'm like I understand like why the players are upset. Their season's been terrible. Of course they're upset. Like no shit. But if this is a veteran player and this is the example that you're setting for the for the for the youngest team, still the youngest team in hockey, then what are we doing here? What mm-hmm. what is that showing the players that you can just pout? Like what is going? Like why? Like if you're a veteran player, you should be like yeah. Okay. If you're going to say fuck the fans, you got to actually mean it and start playing good hockey. That yeah. happened. That Columbus game was months ago. This is like a December discussion. So, if you're going to if you're going to say that and act like that, you got to you got to like put your money where your mouth is and play better hockey. And quite frankly, if they wanted to play for Don, they're really not doing that. They're Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're just not. Like, so, like that's, I don't know. That's I don't the biggest think... thing like you can't use that as an excuse and then say like, oh, we're playing like, well, clearly it didn't galvanize the group to fight for Don. Like it, they're, they're still playing the same inconsistent hockey that just that goes back to the system and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I have it. I have a big issue with that. I mean, if you don't want to get boot, just win. I mean, it's like it reminds me of like like Eichel, literally like Eichel came here. is like, oh, you know, I guess they're booing me because they miss me. Like he didn't understand it either, though. We're, we're booing you because you lost while you were here. We'll boo anyone. Like, we want winning hockey back in Buffalo. You guys are not living up to expectations, and, and you're getting booed. Big whoop. I mean, every team gets booed. Every team gets booed. The Ra- I was just watching a Rangers game a few weeks ago. Not Well, now they're on a tear, but this was like a few weeks ago. They were playing more consistent, and they were they were getting shut out to two periods, and they got booed. They're in first in the division. Like, teams get booed. It happens. But yeah. you're the Buffalo Sabres. You have a 12-year playoff drought. And you're not, and you're 11, 16, and three at home. So you're not putting a good product on the on the, the ice in front of your fans who are paying to come and see you. Like, okay, you're getting booed. So what? Suck it up. I've, I want to pose a question. What do you think is the most important factor that is going into the poor home record over the last two seasons? And I want to in- include that question by saying that there's been multiple guys that have come out and said we got to win back the fans. Like we know we got to win back the fans. Like. Do you think they're just they're putting so much pressure on themselves to win back the fans that like they're they're just in their own heads at home because it the the road record is like it's fine the, the, on the road I mean they just said it the other day on the road they're more relaxed they they get in a groove and and they just play so what is the deal at home Yeah they're 13 11 and 1 on the, on the road so uh, I mean that's fine. I mean that's I mean, yeah, if, that's, if you're that's winning if you're winning your home games you'd be in the fucking playoffs yeah. Yeah. Uh, dude, I mean, I'm pretty sure I said it in the like on like episode one or even like episode three. Like I 100 percent think that the players are just not comfortable playing at home because they are putting too much pressure on themselves. And especially when they go go a, a goal down, they just start getting in their heads a little bit and they don't want things to, to spiral at home. I 100 percent think that's mental. But honestly, I think that falls on like. If that was an issue last year, which it was because they were not good at home last year and they're and it's still an issue now, like that falls on leadership. I'm sorry, but like that falls on 
your head coach not being able to get your players in the right mentality. Like that falls on your veteran guys for to not being able to calm your your guys down at home. Like I I don't know. I've just refused to make excuses for this team and the, and the pathetic performances at home. And now this, if this report is true, it's just whiny. And I, I don't know. I just, I, I, I don't, I don't vibe with that at all. Like that's just, to me, it's just not cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready for a leadership change at this point. And we all think that like, you know, all of Delian's the next captain, Delian's the next captain. What, what if the next captain is not in the room right now? Like, have you ever thought about that? Because I have. Yeah, yeah. And Dalton says all the right things in the media. I really think that he is the closest we can get to a captain. But that room isn't really, like, showing that they can, you know, they're not really dragging each other into the fight. I think I heard Matthew Fairburn uh, use that term the other day on the Baker-Fairburn hockey show. You guys should go listen to it. It's great. You know, Chris Baker has been in the Sabre space since, you know, 2004 2005 when he was just writing about Sabres prospects and hey that's his that's his Twitter handle at Sabres prospects he's a great follow but Matthew Fairburn was making the point that like like you're gonna see all this stuff in the media and you know there's really no one on the on the roster that's kind of like you've never seen Game of Thrones but like a Jon Snow dragging dragging you into the fight like dragging you into the battle being your leader like showing you the way like we don't really have that. Like the only guy that, that really can do that is, you know, a Tate when he's healthy, uh, Darlene and I think Tate is a whiner. I think Tate is a And that's about it. I don't know. Why? What gives you the sense that Tate is a baby? (laughs) I've told you all the time. I never like his interviews. His, he always seems like just too cocky in his interviews and, and just annoyed with the media and stuff. And I just think that he probably gets pissed and annoyed and uh, I I don't know I don't know how much of a lead. this is just me from from seeing him but uh, but yeah just chatting shit yeah I guess but but this is the this is the multi level failure man because it's it comes down to like I mean the players are the product on the ice but the product on the ice is there because again Adams didn't build the the roster the right way Don has no idea what he's doing in terms of game plan and his line management and anything and then the players are trying to execute whatever game plan we have but they also don't have leadership either so it's it's adams it's granado it's players it's it's top down it's it's everybody part of your job as an assistant coach is relationships there is zero experience on the sabers bench right now there is not a guy there is not someone on the bench that uh who out who a JJ Paterka is visibly frustrated on the bench. You know, maybe he hasn't scored in two in three or four games. There's not a guy on the bench in terms of assistance that can be like, Hey, like I've been in this position before, trust your skill. You'll be fine. There's not a guy on the bench that they can look up to and, and know that, Hey, this guy's been here before he's going to help me through this. That's part of the pro- That's probably my my biggest issue with the way the organization is constructed right now, is that yeah the players are young, but whose whose idea was it to have the most green coaching staff in the league paired with the youngest team in the league? Like you got to have somebody to to show them the way, and that's insane because they're professional players. But this is the fucking NHL. Like guys bring it every night. 
I don't know. I, I just, I, if I, I put myself in their shoes, if I was a player, I'd be like, we're not, we're not even getting helped from our own management right now. No. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, it's, and, and like I said, you can see how we started with one thing and it's branched into just talking like about all the other things that happen. Cause it is, it's, it's just, it's kind of, it's, it's failure, you know, all the way, all the way around. And, and I think that's why for me, like a little bit of that, because I know it's not coming from the coaching staff, it has to come from the players. Like if, if, if anything was going to come from this season, it was going to have to come from the players, like the few veterans that they have and, and maybe getting a couple young guys to kind of step up in leadership roles, you know, early on in their careers. Like it, it, it needed to come from the players for it to happen this year, uh, just with the, the coaching staff kind of set up the way it was. And, and clearly it's not, coming from, from the players again, not that I think they're bad guys, just not, just not leaders of, of men. And, and, and they're not getting it uh, from the coach either, but um, yeah, it's tough. I wanted to talk about real quick because it, it relates well to this and, uh, and you'll, you'll see why I posted this on our, our Twitter as well, but the predators talked about how they uh, canceled their, their uh, trip to the Las Vegas sphere. They were going to go, apparently staff team coaches were all going to go, Las Vegas like a day early and see you two at the sphere, but they got trounced nine to two at home to the Dallas stars. This was their GM Barry Trotz. And, and I thought the reason I thought this brought me back to the series when listening to this, because I would, I would never hear Adams talk like this. I would never hear Kevin Adams talk like this. So Barry Trotz is the GM of Nashville. He says, Again, we canceled the trip because our standards slipped below expectations. When you have young players, especially, you have to send them a message that you can't be rewarded if your standard and your preparation slip below your principles. Like, again, Kevin Adams, never going to say stuff like that. Have never heard it in the few years he's been here. Also, he's, he goes on to say, this is not about the Predators and the players. This is about the Predators and their fans. You're asking your fans to buy into what you're building. He says, well, we won't tolerate these efforts in front of our fans paying their money to see us play. Telling the fans that you want to buy a ticket and or tell the tell you were telling the fans that if you buy a ticket to our game, we're going to demand the very best from our players. When I heard this and then the shit with Mike Harrington was going on this week, I was like, wow, these are like parallel to each other. I was just like, I don't know. We don't there, there's not that accountability in the Sabres franchise. There's just no way in hell. Dude, Barry Trotz, man. What a hockey guy. Those quotes are like, are so good. And then you, you, those quotes, like they may not mean anything like this season, but that probably just instills confidence that in their fan base, that they know what the issues are. And if you don't, if you don't sack up in this organization, you're gone and we're going to find players and coaches that, that do and, and lead you to battle and, and win hockey games because ultimately that's the goal but like you said adams would never say this oh my god he would say that they need a a pacifier and a bedtime story and a a warm bottle of milk (laughs) well so that's the thing though it's establishing that culture because my fear is that this is my fear right now is that adams is clearly not in jeopardy of losing his job Granado would have been gone if he was going to be gone already. Sure, the assistant coaches can change, but like, I don't know. Buffalo is not like a super appealing job. If it's, I mean, no one's going to come here for a lateral move. So you're you're probably promoting somebody that is maybe unproven or just 
throwing a bag at somebody. I don't know. Is is Pagula going to do that? So then you have, and you're going to have probably what 70, 70, 75% of the same roster coming back. Right. So like my fear is that next season is going to be this all over again, because what culture is being established this year in Buffalo? Uh, I, in my opinion, it's kind of like a, a losing culture. Honestly, I mean, they're they're showing that they're okay with with the whining and the the mediocrity. So that's that's my biggest fear right now is that uh, t- next season is going to be you know deja vu all over again. And and unless they go out and and get those players, maybe that can make a change. I I don't know. Maybe maybe it happens again. Who knows? Well, it's it still rubs me the wrong way that when cousins said we're softer than baby shit in like. November or October, whenever we got slapped silly by the Flyers, and then Adams comes out and like condemns him for speaking that way. It's like now you know why the organization is the way it is, I guess. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You got. I mean, you, so there you go. You don't get support from the GM. Your your coach is is calling you out like every in every like post game loss and and not taking accountability himself. I mean, it's. It's just a it's just a cesspool right now, and it's and it's tough. But uh, all right, you want to just talk? Do we want to do you want to say anything specific about the games over the the last week? Uh, the Sabers did did go two and one over the the last week, uh, and they're actually I mean they're not they're not having a terrible twenty twenty four. They're eleven and eight through uh, the the first couple months here in the schedule. But uh, any any notes from these games? Minnesota was a great game. Anaheim was obviously a bad loss, and then Montreal they they come back and get a win. So uh, what are your thoughts from the last week of Sabres games here? Well, they should have had three wins. I mean, that Anaheim game, oh, my God, like, what the fuck was that? Like, <laughs> that was UPL's worst game in a long-ass time. Like, there were multiple pucks that, like, squeaked by him. And I know the defensive coverage, like, wasn't the greatest, but we could not score. Like, we scored three goals, but it also felt like we should have scored ten. So that kind of just happens. But those are, like I said, man, like we said, all season long, that's a game that a good team at least gets one, at least gets one point, and you know right. we end up with two. The other two games, I was at dinner for the during the Minnesota game, so I really didn't catch most of it. Um, but we did, I did catch the overtime, and that was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Montreal was last night. What do you think about um? What do you think about last night specifically? Because I I don't think we played our best last night. I'll be honest, I didn't see much of Montreal at all. That, okay. that game last night and I and I was working during Anaheim the only game I really saw a lot of uh the last and I and I, I meant to watch Montreal today and I just and I just didn't have time between taxes and then I Owen had to go to the I almost forgot Owen had a doctor appointment this morning so I, we was like running to get them ready but um, <laughs> yeah I didn't see much of Montreal or, or Anaheim I did watch the, the Minnesota game uh which I remember tweeting during the Minnesota game when it was like halfway through the second period to your point you just said, and I was like, this is a game where teams who make the playoffs find a way to just get a point on the road. And I was kind of like, oh, let's see if they can do it. And they did. And 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 so I was kind of like happy that they end up getting a point in that game. Like you said, you maybe wish that they uh, that they did that with Anaheim, but like, that was at home. So what do you expect? Probably going to be a loss there. Uh, but yeah, I don't really have much from from Anaheim and Montreal, the Minnesota game was, was sweet. We just always have great games against them, to be honest. I know, for some reason, for some reason, the Minis- I, I don't, when these two teams get together, it's just a banger of a game. I, it's so weird. And did we wear black and red that night? No. No, no, this was, it was away. It was away. So they wore yeah. the, the Minnesota, 
They wore the the Minnesota North Stars like colors. Yeah, Those Minnesota are jerseys sick, were sick jersey, man. that night. Yeah, yeah. Those are nice. Those are, I I kind of want to get one. Like those are sick. If Minnesota dude, makes the playoffs, they're they're definitely going to be my like second team behind the Canucks. Like I'll be rooting okay. for the Canucks, and then I'll be rooting for the Wild. Can I can I read you some stats right now that I saw actually when I was scrolling Twitter earlier from the Saber Report about the power play? I don't know if you saw this today. What was it? <laughs> Can I read you some power play stats that the Saber Report uh, posted earlier yeah, today? Yeah, I, I love me some TSR. <laughs> oh, shit. I just, like, fucked up my screen. Um, okay, so from October 12th to January 27th, that's 49 games played, the Sabres were 28th in conversion rate, 20 power play goals scored, which was 29th, 30th in expected goals for uh, 30th and expected goals against, they were giving up a shit ton of like chances on the power play, which is insane. And 31st and expected goals for. So obviously those are horrible numbers. From December, no, from February 6th to February 22nd. So like this month, this this whole month, they're 17th in conversion rate, 19th in goal scored, 17th in expected goals. First in expected goals against, they're no longer giving up chances, and they're first in expected goals for. Isn't that insane? Like, I don't know what they changed over the last little while, but something is clearly clicking finally with the power play, but it's just a little too late. Too little too late. Yeah, the power play has been better, but I I mean, and and, and maybe we got to give Don a little bit of, of uh credit there because you know supposedly he's he's been more involved right in the power play structure um i think at the turn of the new year so um uh, so that so that's good um yeah because uh, we had fucking matt ellis who's like never scored more than three goals in a season running the power play make <laughs> it make sense make it yeah. make sense to me it doesn't make any sense yeah but like you said i mean that's like i don't know it's it's like when when it's that bad, the, there's the only way to go is up. You know, what I mean, it's like I tell my patients like who just had surgery, like you might you you're gonna gain like eighty percent of motion in like two weeks because there's just more to gain, and then it slows down. You know, what I mean, so it was just there was just so much to gain from the power play. So like any minor ch- changes that Don could have went in, I mean, fuck, I'm not gonna give him too much credit for that because I think anyone with a brain could have could have in in uh, improved what they they were doing um, throughout the season, but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there is, like you said, I mean, if we're drawing, I just wish they would have figured this out by like Halloween, you know. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if we're drawing some positives, like, just like, notice that's not like nothing is. Go ahead. I, I'm just. I was just gonna say, just like, how do they not see it? Like, how do they not see it? Like early, it's just it. it it's baffling to me. They're they're doing the definition of insanity, like doing the same thing over and over again and seeing if it works and. Really, it didn't. Yeah, yeah, but like you say, if if we're drawing some positives here, as we kind of close things out, like it's been better. Like it's it's been eleven and eight, like I said, and and uh, a little bit better here as of, as of recently. But like you said, just a uh, just too little, too little, too late. So as we get closer to the end of the season here, uh, we got I think like twenty four games left, so we're in the the home stretch. Thank when God. Think, yeah, yeah. When do you think we might see some call-ups? Adams spoke. We talked about Adams last week, and he kind of talked about how we'll see where the season goes, and he's not afraid to – or he's not going to shy away from calling kids up and, and things. And uh, 
I don't know. So where where do you think we are in terms of timeline on when we might see uh, a Roseanne come up or uh, some of our other prospects or Kulik, whoever it might be? Well, I don't think Kulik's going to come up this year simply because they don't want his contract to slide or they yeah. want his contract to slide so that it's, it kicks in next year. So Kulik's probably locked into the AHL no matter what happens. But as soon as one of Gergensen's or Oposo get traded, I want to see Isaac Roseanne up on that NHL roster. And as soon as, like, maybe, I don't know, can can you let, like, Jeremy Davies come up here? I know he's having a great season in Rochester. Can you, like, trade Eric Johnson and, like, give him some games just, like, as a reward for being, like, a good soldier? I'm thinking trade deadline-ish. Like, maybe, like, may, hopefully we make a move, like, before that. But on the contrary, let's say we do, like, another Jordan Greenway trade and make a trade for next year or, like, the future. That's going to be a spot that gets eaten up anyway. So we'll yeah. we'll see. I, I really just I really mainly just want to see Roseanne up here in like a long you know fifteen game stretch. Yeah, I like. I mean, Roseanne looks to be the prospect right now who's probably the most refined like in all aspects of the game you know like not like the probably like the greatest chance skater to like not be a liability on the ice right and now it's like now now who cares like i mean playoffs are long gone so like it's not like like this is the this is the time to do it obviously you need a spot so um so yeah that makes sense if if anything happens with with rosters trade deadlines injuries whatever um but yeah i'm at this point i i think i've i think i've kind of officially turned the page to all right, I'm kind of not that I'm in off season mode, but I'm like, all right, let's just kind of start looking at next year and 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 this season it it's been what it's been and it's been a complete mess and uh, and they they obviously have to take ownership of that, but let's just let's just see some of these kids come up and and I don't know that could be somewhat exciting at least. Yeah, give us something to like actually watch. I mean, we've let we've watched the first you know sixty games. Give us a reason to watch the next twenty. Yeah. Yeah, I know we want to talk goalies, so I just but so I just want to give a quick shout out to uh, a couple of players last like that like Benson, dude. I just got to shout Zach Benson out because like he's just the thing, dude. I I think we got something really special with Benson. And I know we said this before, but I honestly think he's just gonna be so good, man. Like he, the fact that he's just not a liability anywhere on the ice, and he's like legit one of our best players like along the boards and he's like still gonna grow into his body and gain strength he's always in the right place on the ice like he's just he's just like he's so cerebral on the ice and he's always in the right spots and then he makes he makes people better like he's literally like he makes his line mates better which is crazy like there's not many players in the NHL that really do that like elevate their entire line but it's just like whenever he's out there it's just like it's just dogs out there. Like the, the Krebs, Paterka and Benson line lately has been yeah. killing it. It's like, I don't know. I want to see that line stay. Cause I so simply because Benson Paterka is a duo that kind of intrigues me. And I think the team got a little bit too locked into Paterka cousins Quinn at times. Like let's, let's change up and see, like give some other guys a chance to play JJ. I mean, I think JJ's our best winger right now. He's insane. Oh, this and season. Giving yeah. him a chance to play. No, yeah, he's been I even going forward, I think he's our he's great defensively, fast, a goal scorer, like he's unbelievable. Letting him that line with a guy that I thought deserved more ice time, Peyton Krebs, and like we have discussed, 
probably our one of our all-around most refined players in an 18-year-old Zach Benson. It's great. And you're right, because Zach Benson does make guys better. Like he I it must be so annoying to be like a 27-year-old NHL defenseman and go into the corner with Zach Benson and he's going to he's he's gonna leave there with the puck. Like he will do everything he possibly can to get the puck from you. It's it's gotta be so infuriating, man. And I'm I'm very I I can honestly see him being one of our best players at like age 20, like give him like two years, two more years to learn how to finish because his finishing is pretty terrible. And that's probably because you're an 18 year old shooting on NHL goalies for the first year of your, in your life. But man, he's a special one. I agree. Yeah. And I've, the growth I've seen even this year, like how many times in the first like 15 games was he just getting knocked off pucks, you know, like, like literally ass to the ground. And like that, that ha- that's not happening as much anymore. Like whether it's, his body awareness or just learning how to like position his body or use his, his strength and his core. But like, there's been huge improvements there. And, and and yeah, I'm just like, I don't know, man, I'm just like super excited for him. And you could tell, you could tell that he's not, or that he's earned the earned respect around the league. Like, it's not like he's out there and the guys he's playing against are like, like all this, like, I'm going to, I'm going to push this kid around. Like he makes plays and, and you, and you can see defenders are like watching him and knowing where he is because he just finds the right areas. And, uh, and that's kind of cool to see that. I, I think he's kind of established himself uh, in the NHL already at such a, a young age. And then just a quick shout out to Jordan Greenway. Jordan Greenway's had um, a nice February. So I, I wrote down like some stats and I think we've kind of been waiting for this. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if this is sustainable, but a nice little burst in games here. So in seven games this month, Greenway is a plus three, three goals, two assists and and 12 shots in seven games. So he's, he's definitely been uh, shooting more, looking for a little bit more offense. And uh, he's had a nice little stretch of games here. So shout out to Greenway. And props to Jordan Greenway for, sticking up for Benson getting like uh, hit from behind yesterday. He was the first guy in there. I love this guy. I love this guy so much. You talk about guys that do the little things to make his linemates better. And he's also one of them. You need more Jordan Greenways. If we had more guys uh, that replace like Gergensen's and Oposo in like a Jordan Greenway mold, I think that our team can be greatly improved. That's a good point. Yeah. He, he's not, he's never going to play in your first line. I really don't like him on the power play either, but I mean, at this point, there's really no one else to go on the power play, but man, he's a, he's a great penalty killer because of his length. He can move for as big as he is. He's a good skater and he's just, he's just good. I just think he's a good, a good hockey player. And I'm, I'm glad that he's here and he might be an extension candidate uh, next off season. Yeah. What do you, I mean, you think ideally he's like a third line guy. Yeah, mostly, yeah, probably. But, like, I wouldn't be opposed to even, like, in spot duty, he's on, like, your second line. Like, he can do yeah. that. Ideally, yeah. it's, like, third, fourth, like, third, fourth line maybe, but I just I just like him. Yeah. Yeah, he seems, like, somewhat defensively responsible, too. Like, I don't know, he's, he's yeah, he's he's a nice, like, well-rounded player. And, and I know there was, like, a big question coming up because he was kind of struggling in, in Minnesota, and I think he just didn't totally fit their system. And uh, so... So, uh, yeah, uh, he's he's been playing good here and give him a little shout out here on the pod. But let's talk about goalies real quick and then I think we can get into the Amherst and then look ahead. But uh, what uh, what do we think is going to happen here? Because we got um, we got UPL playing really good. So 
I don't know. I kind of I put in the show doc like, man, is are, are, there's teams that are looking for goalies? Like, is he a trade option right now? I don't want to do that, but I mean, it, it. I don't know. I wouldn't put it past anybody, right? Like, that's an option. Do we extend him? Obviously, he could be our number one next year. Like, where where do you think that goalies for the Sabers are going to end up, kind of stacking up next year? Well, let me ask you because I've answered the first the, for the last couple. Uh, things here. I've, I've started off, but what, what do you? I want. I want to get your thoughts before I, before I give mine. What is your, uh, your stance on Ukopeka looking? And is it Ukopeka lock him in, or is it Ukopeka see you later? No, dude. I, I, I like Peck. I like, dude. Oh my god. <laughs> I almost called him. So my dad, my, my, you know, you know, like I call my dad all the time. Right. So my dad, oh my God, I can't believe I almost said this. My dad has been calling UPL Pekinen for years. Like he, that's his nickname for him. He just calls him Pekinen. And so I almost just said that. I almost said just like Pekinen, but that is, that is freaking hilarious. (laughs) You've got it in my head. No, dude, I, I think, I mean, I think UPL has some, some serious trade value right now. I don't know what we could recoup from him, but I I don't want to trade him. I, I I like like Casey, you know, like I don't want to resign Casey for like a crazy number, but if the number's right, I just like the fact that like him and UPL like they've just they were just here. Like they and UPL paid his dues and that's kind of the Buffalo way, right? Just kind of like worked his ass off and and now he's being rewarded and I don't think it'd be an insane contract. You know, I mean, the goalie market's not like outrageous anyways, unless you're like a top dog. So uh, yeah, I think he could probably get signed at like a reasonable price and, and I'm, and I'm fine with him uh, extended for uh, a couple years here and Levi well, stays you, in Rochester. Let me ask you three years at $3.6 million a season. Yes or no. Who Who's that comp to Like where, where would that fall? Like in the, uh, in the scheme of things. Well, that's the deal that uh, Toronto gave Ilya Sampson off this off season. No, he got a one year. He got a one year, but a three yeah. year deal for the same amount of money. I mean, uh, Lukanen's much younger. I'm going to go on cap friendly right now and look up just goalies and see where that would, that would fall. Just Well, so like, here. here's the thing. Like I, if you look at like, the options for the Sabres, I think, are you, you You pretty much have to trade for someone or you're signing probably an unrestricted free agent. And in here, I'll give you like a list of the like, I don't know. So here I'm going to rattle off like 10 names. These are like the UFAs coming up in like 2024 as far as like the goalies go. And and there's not too much here that that excites me more than um, than UPL. So like uh, Matt Murray, Ilya Samsonov. Chris Drager, Mark Andre Fleury, Capo Kakinen, Cam Talbot, Eric Comrie, um, Casey DeSmith. I mean, these are these are the names that are going to be hitting free agency, right? So, do any is do any of those guys intrigue you more than UPL? No, no. I mean, yeah. not as a starter. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and out of those guys, I mean, the top guys here. I mean, Matt Murray is he hurt or something? Always. He's always hurt. Yeah, I mean, he he's not, he's not coming back anytime soon. Honestly, like, honestly, do you know what, but, do you know what money he's making this year? No, I'm trying to, I'm trying to find it. And it's my computer is being really dumb. Dude, he's Let's making see. 6.2. <laughs> oh my Lord. That's insane, dude. What? In that's, the his fuck? Cap, that's his cap it in 2023, 2024. But yeah. So Samsonov makes, yeah, like you said, 3.5, Chris Drager, 3.5. 
Mark Andre Fleury three point five, Kapokakin in two point seven five. So like, yeah, I think you're probably looking at like a, somewhere around there, like three million for for UPL or like between three and four, right? Like floor three, ceiling four, and I would take that for sure. Yeah, and a, a three year deal gives him like you know some stability. Yeah, it's not a one year. It's not a not a two year where it's like you play shit for one year and then they bury you. Like it's it's a three year deal. And it, like you just like you just pointed out, it kind of puts him like right in line with other, you know, other goaltenders. And of of all those goalies, UPL has the highest ceiling, absolutely, because of his age and how he's played. And if you want to push the goaltending one step further, do you think that we're going to sign like a veteran backup to go behind UPL so Levi gets a full year in Rochester? Or is Levi's current run with Rochester and hopeful playoff run enough for you to be comfortable with him coming back up in strictly a backup role? Like, we cannot hype this guy. We can't hype this guy. We, we let him develop properly. Let him get the pressure that, you know, he needs. But if UPL is your, your set in stone one, is Levi a good backup option? I mean, sure, Levi's a good backup option, but that – but but then the the problem is of him getting games, you know, like that's what he needs right now. So that's my biggest thing is like, I, I, I think if, if they're not going to have Levi be the guy next year, which I don't think they're going to be. And I don't think they need to let UPL be the guy. He's shown that he can do it and handle a workload. And, uh, and then Levi can just get a ton of pucks uh, down in Rochester. And then, yeah, I think you just, I think you just sign somebody and, uh, I mean, fuck, it could be Comrie. Like, I don't want it to be Comrie. I think you got to get a fresh face in here. But, no, um, absolutely not. Yeah. No it, way. Yeah, it can't be Comrie. So that's what I'm thinking. Like, no, I, I, I think Levi's – Levi, I mean, he could come up with injury and whatnot. But, no, I think he's got to – I think he's got to stay in Rochester next year. And UPL has got to be the one. And then they got to get somebody in here to be uh, to be the number two. That would be That would be my ultimate scenario there. What are the who are the free agent goalies this year? Do you know? Do you know? Yeah, that's the that was the. Did you hear the list I sent you? I know connections been kind oh, of that, body. Those, yeah, those were those were the UFAs. Those are the UFAs. Know. Yeah. So the top list: okay. Matt Murray, Samsonov, Drieger, Mark Andre Fleury, Kapokakinen, uh, Pavel Frankus. Uh, Lincoln, Cam yes. Talbot, Casey DeSmith. I mean, those are all Nadelovich. I mean, those none, are your UFAs. None, maybe Ned. I don't, dude. None of those inspire me at all. Zero. No, dude. Sneakily, Ned was kind of the one that snuck out, stuck out to me too. <laughs> Casey DeSmith too. I think Casey DeSmith is a fine backup, but like, there's a lot of rumors about him being like a total asshole, and I don't know if you want to bring that into your room. Like, maybe you kind of need that in your room too. Like, who knows? But. God damn, what a shit list. Oh, my and God. Here's a name. Here's a name. What about this name? Jonathan Quick. Oh, I would – there's – Jonathan Quick would pull his pants down at Sunrise and shit on our logo before he ever plays a game in a Sabres uniform. Let's be real. <laughs> but, yes, I would I would love for Jonathan Quick to be the mentor here. He's having an unbelievable season in New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anti, Anti Ranta? He's – that guy is so He's hurt lost. all the time. He'd be he's so had, good if he had, was if he was healthy. He's injured constantly. He's had a bad year. He's had a bad year. Yeah, I mean, and, there's not a lot out there. So, 
you don't even hear about like goalies and trade rumors at all. Like, like now you're getting Saros rumors out of Nashville because like with Barry Trotz like kind of calling out his team, you're I, I think you're going to see a lot of turnover there. And Saros's name for the first time is like legitimately in the trade rumors, but that's a NHL number one. That's like a top three, four goalie in the league. Like the Sabres yeah. aren't in the market for that really anymore with the with the emergence of UPL. But besides that, man, trade market, you really don't see like mid-level goalies leaving because they're all kind of the same. Yeah. And that's, the, that's why I kind of put like, oh, like, could we trade UPL? Because like, he probably could get a decent return, but then it's like, well, yeah, we'd, like, we'd be left with We nothing. need him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, and, and then it's like the same thing. It's like, okay, well, you'd have to get a player because you don't need picks. Like at this point, you don't need picks. So you'd, you'd have to get a player and they, and they probably would, but it just doesn't make sense uh, to do that um, if we're being honest. But yeah, three to four mil is fine. And I also just, I also just like UPL. Like, I just think he'd like, he's a good dude. Like when I watch his interviews or just see him like post game, like when he's got the sword and stuff, I'm just like, this guy just seems cool. So I just, I don't know. I just, I, I hope. Did you, did you catch his dad uh, saying like channeling his best Henry Yoki Haru? And saying uh, UPL's name like in the roster announcement. Yeah, dude, he's like, That was great. That was great. We should probably shout out uh, Yoki Haru too because he's had a, a nice few games. Dude, I forgot he's been un- he's been pretty goddamn good this year. Like, yeah, he's, props he's been to- good. He was a whipping boy for, you know, multiple years in a row. And if he's kind of stabling himself as like that third, like ideally on your third pair, I know like the Sabres roster isn't like in an ideal spot defensively, but like that guy in your third pair is totally fine with me. Yeah, it's fine with me. He's going to make his mistakes, but like he he's like kind of like steady more than he like totally makes a mistake. I mean, I mean, I mean, Darlene kind of makes way more mistakes than Yoki Haru, to be honest. But yeah, there's just obviously ice, way like, more upside. More. Yeah, he's on the ice way more. And Darlene, too, shout out to Darlene, too, because he has been pretty fucking good for probably like the last three months. Like he kind of yeah. started off. He started off like not great and like way even through like almost Christmas time. But. I think he's been like one of our best players, obviously, over the last like two and a half months here. But he can't do that next year. He can't. He has to stop this. I'm going to be shit for 30 games and then be great for the last, you know, 50. He can't be doing that on this team. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, at least he's still scoring that. Like he's transcended the system. Like uh, uh, that's like we were talking about earlier this year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and Joker's been logging a ton of minutes with um, with power out. So yeah, just a little mini shout out to him. But uh, all right, I think that's pretty much good. Anything else, Sabres? Or we just want to get just a quick couple quick points on the Amherst here. But you got anything you know, else, it, Sabres? It was nice to get some nice to get some positivity at the end there talking about the Sabres. Because like for as doom and gloom as it is, I think Chad Diedemannis actually put out an article this year that it was really funny to read the replies to his his tweet posting the article oh yeah he the, knew it. the article was uh titled something like it's not as bad as it seems and everyone was like we don't want to hear this like we don't care and dude he laid out some pretty good points about why the Sabres could be really good as soon as next year like if obviously management does their their part but it's not all bad here like it's not it's not like the sky is certainly like not falling it might no. feel like it is but it just it just sucks. Like we're all just bearing this weight of the thirteen year playoff drought and there's 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 blue skies ahead in my opinion, but 
we'll, we'll, we'll get that. We'll get that. Those blue skies when, you know, Kevin Adams wakes the fuck up here. Yeah. Well, that's the frustrating thing for people is that those blue skies in that year was supposed to be this year, right? You know, like it was, if you just made the right moves, it was, it was just supposed. So that's where the frustration is, but yeah, it's never as good as it seems. It's never as bad as it seems. And, and, and Chad's right. But yeah, obviously you put something out like that. He knew he was going to get roasted in the comments, but it's just because again, this was supposed to be that year and they just, they just completely botched it up. But uh, we, 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 I mean, we assume it's going to be a run back. So we'll see what they do over the off season, but transitioning quickly here to the Amherst. Uh, not much. I really want to say here other than Levi just has been going off. So um, he's had a show. Yeah. Levi show in in Rochester. Just within the last week, he's had three starts and he's stopped. uh, Let's see. What is it here? He stopped 125 out of 133 pucks for a 939 save percentage. So he's in in the, the Toronto Marley game. I mean, the saves that dude was making, he basically like saved their asses twice in overtime and, and won that game. Saves in that game. So yeah, Levi has just been uh, doing his Jedi thing down there in Rochester. You, you love to see it because like some guys will, you know, get hyped the way he was and then he'll fa- he failed kind of up here. And some guys might be a little pissy if you send him down or like down to the AHL and it seems like he's embracing that role fully and he's kind of carrying the Amherst right now. And that's, that's exactly, that is exactly what we wanted from him. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Cause like the one game they, they, so they lost uh, to the, well, they were, they were two and two since over the last week, like we said last week, they got a ton of hockey, but um, the game that they lost seven to three, I was like, there's no way Levi was in that, and it wasn't. It was Devin Cooley, so I was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, there's zero chance Levi would be in that for that. <laughs> All right, so looking ahead here for the Sabres, uh, we'll get some predictions here for uh, the next week. We got um, Friday uh, at Columbus, uh, Sunday against Carolina, and then Tuesday at Florida. So what are we, what are we thinking here for the next week, Ryan, until we talk next week? We'll go one and two during the stretch. I mean, we're running into buzzsaws. Carolina and Florida just played an amazing game tonight where Sebastian Ajo scored with 18 seconds left to win the game, one nothing. Like, unbelievable game. And those two teams are so good. But I, I we're playing well enough lately that I, I think we can beat a Columbus. And we'll probably end up getting battered by Carolina and Florida. Yeah, I mean... And and that Carolina game is at home, dude. If they like, oh, there, there might be booze that game. Honestly, like the play, I don't know. That game kind of scares me, man. I know, I know. That's a fucking <laughs> buzz of a team. That that's a team that'll put. That's a team that'll pin you in your own end for fourteen of the twenty minutes in a period and just suffocate you. Well, they're playing good hockey, and and they always play good against us, and it's at home. I feel like yeah. that could be a tough, tough Sunday. We might want to find something else to do on Sunday night. Uh, is that a, is gonna, that a matinee game or a, or a night game? I believe it's at 6. Weird start, too. Oh, God. Yeah, I'll double-check that right now, uh, but I, I'm pretty sure that that game's at 6. I'm gonna yeah, go you're right. One and two, I just looked. Know. I yeah. just looked. It's at 6. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, jeez. Uh, so we're both going one and two then uh, for the next week. So um, I guess we'll see. That would be kind of on par with with what we've been doing. So, uh, all right, Ryan, we're, we're about to wrap things up, but I got to let you get this bozo of the week out here before we 
before we finish up because I couldn't agree more. (laughs) I came up with this bozo because I was scrolling Twitter. I'm scrolling Twitter. I'm seeing, you know, MLB is coming up, is starting soon. And there are players, you know, taking their media pictures and stuff. And the MLB has signed a deal with Fanatics to make their jerseys this year. Wow. What an utter disgrace these uniforms are. The lettering is super tiny. The logos look like shit on these jerseys. And the pants are see-through. You got these guys taking pictures in their media day, and you can see where their shirt is tucked in through the pants. And then you got other guys taking pictures in the media, and you can see their whole dick. Dude! (laughs) What are we doing here? What is this what is this quality of uniform? This is a professional league. Why is the quality this bad in your uniform? And I I'm so nervous for the NHL to have Fanatics as their jersey partner because that is coming next year. And if you're already seeing the MLB which makes so much more money than hockey in their league that's the quality that they're getting. I the quality that we're going to get is like going to be terrible. Oh, it's going to cost more too. <laughs> like what have you ever seen so have you ever followed the account called Fanatic Sucks on Twitter? No. It's people like submit like their fat their Fanatics fuck-ups. <laughs> it is really funny, dude. It is really funny. Like it'll be like a like a let's say it's a Tage Thompson jersey. Like a Tage Thompson jersey with like the number like seventy nine, like they're just wrong. Or like a, I saw someone that ordered a Red Sox jersey, and it was a Red Sox jersey, but they had Yankees patches, like Yankees, uh, like patch on the side. Like what oh is going God. on here? What, where are these jerseys being made? This is like Chinese knockoffs. That is brutal. That is brutal. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm scared, man. I'm scared for the NHL because this is this looks terrible. Yeah, especially going from Adidas, which is top notch, you know. Like, yeah, that's 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 tough. That's tough. Fanatics has ruined the sports memorabilia market. Like their store. Have you ever gone to shop on the Fanatics store? I have a one hundred dollar Fanatics gift card in one of my drawers that I got from Christmas, like two years ago. I refuse to fucking spend it. I'm not spending that gift card. I'm not giving Fanatics anything. We should, we'll do a giveaway on this on this podcast. We should, because I'm never I'm never spending it. I went on there to go buy something once, and I couldn't believe the prices. I was flabbergasted. All right, I'm gonna go through. I have some uh, scores here. I missed what you said there uh, in response to the because of the connection. What were you saying though? What is? I just said like I was just I went to go buy something on the store and the. Uh, Prices were just like outrageous. I thought you were gonna say that the credit card didn't work or the the gift card didn't work. Oh, that would be so, hilarious. But I want to go through, dude. There's some there's some interesting scores here tonight, real quick in the in the league, dude. The Maple Leafs at the end of the first are up four nothing on Vegas. Oh my god, that's Matthews dude, hasn't Leafs scored fucking, actually in that game. But the Maple the Leafs, Leafs are, are a fucking wagon. The Senators beat the Stars four to one, dude. The Senators are, dude. They're are they going to catch some us? Good hockey, man. Are I they going to catch us? I th- I think they are. So with with their win tonight, they're now at a .472 point percentage, and the Sabers are at a .482. So like we're still technically like a little bit ahead of them, but I as of right now, I have Montreal finishing below us. 
uh, and that's it. I have us actually finishing in seventh in the division, but um, yeah, so that's kind of it. And then the freaking Detroit beat the Colorado in overtime. I know, dude, dude. Patrick Kane and Dylan Larkin teamed up for a disgusting overtime goal. I'm, I gotta get something off my chest while before we end. All these fucking people that are like, whoo, all these Sabres fans that didn't want to sign Kane, he's like shoving it right up your ass. Dude, nobody could have predicted this guy to come back and play this well. He's coming off hip surgery as a 35-year-old. Like, it's like a borderline medical miracle that he's playing this well. So like good for him and everything, but like, but like I'm not I'm not chuffed about him not coming here. Like, cool, go fuck off in Detroit and lose in the first round. Sick. It is an interesting thought though. Like, if he came to Buffalo and played good, like, where, where do you think we'd be in this? Like, would it have made a difference, or would we still yeah. be here? You know, maybe it could have. Who knows? I mean, we wanted. Him. I feel. We I feel like he could have been him. a guy for sure. Who like I mean that's I mean that's top notch pedigree, right? I mean he he could have been a veteran guy that's like guys what are we doing here? Like, yeah. especially with the power play, he could have been like, this is ridiculous guys. Like we cannot do this. So I feel like, again, not that he would have been our savior, but uh, I feel like we probably would be better off with him than, uh, than without. But I mean, obviously he goes to Detroit and whatever, but I'm watching the the play right now in, in overtime. See what happens here. Oh, that was, yeah, I'm not going to lie. That was pretty sick. <laughs> that was some nice that was some nice puck movement there but um all right that's gonna that's gonna do it for for this week here so as always uh check us out on uh twitter uh, at saber spotlight we are uh the uh our individual twitters are linked in the the show notes as well as the email address uh for any feedback but uh we will be back next week uh, hopefully after a few Sabres wins and updating everybody with the latest news and everything. But until then, we will uh, we'll talk to you later and go Sabres. See ya.